When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Baird In Pod, part of the 1012 Podcast Network and partners with Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Matt Workman, and once again, I'm joined by Joe Goodman. Joe, anything happened today? Um, Was there any news today? Yeah, like a 72-year-old dude decided that he didn't want to work anymore. Pete Carroll? I don't know how old Pete Carroll is, he's but he's going to, he's going to continue working. He's just not going to continue coaching. Yeah. Well, but I was say, thinking about a different old man that decided he was okay. going to quit working today. Cause who so, cares yes. about the Seattle Seahawks coach? Yeah. Nick Saban. Probably not even probably like the greatest college football coach. Definitely of the old, I guess our generation. My generation, for sure. Um, I think I think it's fair to say, like pound hard. for pound, he's the greatest all time? of all time. Yeah, yeah. No. I wanted to go all time, but that's I wasn't sure because I have I didn't watch college football. In the, I'm just gonna Google in who the like is 50s. the greatest college football coach of all time, and let's just see what Google says. I, giant bright not bright uh giant letters <laughs> when you search when you google who is the greatest college football coach of all time it just says nick saban <laughs> google tells us that's what it is so yeah it's from it's 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 because there's an espn article today that says why nick saban is the best college football coach ever oh so it's seo stuff um but yeah i would agree i don't i don't disagree with that statement so and i'm, I'm Judging by what you're saying, I think you probably think he's the greatest college coach of all time as well. Yeah, I mean, he's got seven national championships. The the yeah. dude was successful everywhere he went. Well, um, in college, which is what we're talking. Well, yeah, about. we're talking about the greatest college? college football coach of all time. You know what? I think. I mean, I know he failed in the NFL, quote unquote failed. I mean, he it, Pete Carroll failed the first time he went to the NFL too. Um yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe say if Saban come back, he'd have figured it out. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I don't. Th- I think they have different styles, for sure. Have different styles. Oh yeah. Oh, well, they're I mean, two you know, wildly different people. Yeah, well, we, but that but like one's a player's coach and one's very authoritarian. I think Saban is more of a player's coach than you think. I think he's just a hard coach. Yeah, but so is like Bill Parcells. True. Yeah, and you're probably right. I mean, given and more he wasn't time, like if I like I don't know. I, mean, I don't think he he left Miami. He didn't get yeah, fired from the Dolphins. My my gut is he didn't like it. Yeah, I don't think he, so liked he, it he left because he didn't like the NFL. 
Yeah, he was 15 and 17 in college or in the NFL. Like that's not yeah. good, but it's not like he was not like he was insanely bad. Like he wasn't like Ron Rivera at the Commanders bad. Yeah, I mean he wasn't Frank Reich with the Panthers bad. That was know? one year. <laughs> like, let me see. Pete Carroll. Oh, got he coached, Pete Carroll was the coach of the Patriots. Yes, and the Jets. Before he went, let's see. He was 27 and 21. So Pete Carroll was more successful than Saban was his first time around in the NFL. Yeah. He did. He was, let's see. He did. He got fired by the Pats, though. He got fired after three seasons. He went, he also coached for the Jets. I forgot about that. He was six yeah. and 10 for the Jets in 1994. And that's when he got, when did he coach at the, somewhere else? To to the Pats, he went okay. from the Jets to the Pats, okay. and then he went to USC. Okay. Um, but no, like I think I think I honestly I think it's it, it's probably safe to say that pound for pound, Nick Saban is not just the best college football coach of all time, but over, he's probably the best football coach of all time. Yeah, seven, all things, seven championships. All that's, things, that's a, yeah. That's a that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. Um. It's pro. I mean. I think he was doing fine in this current era of college football. I mean, he made the playoffs once again. And I just think it's, he's probably just decided. Well, he's 72, Matt. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's probably decided, you know, it's his kids are all grown. I'm sure he has grandkids by now. Um, And he's, he's, he's going to work. I mean, I bet ESPN is like salivating and Fox, all of them. To, to hire him and pay him millions of dollars to be a commentator in some capacity. Yeah, if that if that's even what he wants to do. If it's what I he mean, wants to do. The guy, the guy does. does not need money. Yeah, but I think he, I mean, he does that like, I think he's been going on like the McAfee show. He does like, like the coaches show and stuff like, yeah, like he, he's done some stuff when he, when he's not yeah um involved in the game. Well, like being. in the season, like, well, I think like every week he started going on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN. Like he had a weekly spot on that show who knows who knows what's next for him i think i think that it was he just felt like you know why not i don't i think he probably is the kind of guy that didn't like the direction that college football was going in general he played the game but he didn't like it yeah and well and i think i think there i think there's one a lot of people focus on nil um i think the transfer portal is probably something that he hated more than nil because yeah historically was like he never had to like rebuild. He just reloaded every year, right? And that was because Saban was a really, really good. Um, well, yeah, he couldn't. He was, stash... a, he was like a program builder. He was a developer, like a player yeah, development guy. He couldn't like stash five stars on his. Yeah, it's harder to do that now, right? You know, years. like and all of a sudden, you know, yeah. Are, is he going to want to sit there and recruit a kid and t- you know and say, hey, you know, expect him to sit there for three years? The kid gets antsy and leaves, and then you know he's like, well, I just put two years of effort into this guy now. I- going to go somewhere else like i could see that being maybe a driving factor but i think the, the biggest factor is probably the fact that the man is 72 years old yeah and, and he's got nothing left to prove it's like a it's a full t- college coaching is a full-time job because when i say that it's like a year-round job because your season ends you yeah, go, you're recruiting you, you'll ride into recruiting I mean, you have been recruiting any off time where you weren't coaching or doing team well, activities. You're, recru- as you, it you're was. not just a rec- you're not just a football coach. You're a football coach. You're a recruiter. You're also a fundraiser. Yes, which he that was probably the easiest part of his job. 
was fundraising. See, you see, in his capacity, we think it's easy, but it's still time. Like that dude's ha- that well, dude no. has to go to galas and he has to go to speaking and ga- like it's still it's still exhausting. I'm sure. Yeah. So I'll just speak speaking for myself. I don't always like his teams or root for his teams, but I definitely do respect his uh, career for sure. Oh yeah, you'd get tired of him, and he's he kind of he was like the, you know, the emperor of of college football, right? You want to take him down, but there was never dislike for him. He never did anything that it was like, oh man, I can't like I hate that Saban guy. Like he was, yeah, he's what just I love, good. My favorite he's just thing, better. I just remember whenever they were doing more of their old school Alabama offense, you know, like running the ball. And he gave a press conference and he was talking about, I guess, like hurry up, no huddle offenses. And he was like, well, this is, this is what y'all, we want college football to be. And then he turns around and like has offensive coordinators do that and just immediately wins like a national championship. And he's like, y'all, y'all want this? This is what he's just, he's like, all right, fine. Well, I can adapt. do it. I can, I'll, I'll do it. But I don't know if y'all want me to do this. And then it just, it's just dominant. So same thing with like NIL transfer portal. He didn't like it. I said, y'all, y'all, y'all want me to do this? Cause I'll do it. <laughs> and then that 2020 team, all things being considered was just like probably the most dominant college football team I've seen. So you're the, you're the athletic director of the university of Alabama now, Matt. Mm-hmm. And you can wave a magic wand. You don't even have to do any convincing. Money doesn't matter. You get the coach that you want. Who are you hiring? Who can you bring in to replace? I'm probably my first instinct is like Dan Lanning. It's probably like where I'm going. I mean, okay, let me go back. That was more, I've been more realistic. If I could do anyone, like, and they'll come no matter what. I mean, it's like Kirby Smart, right? Yeah, it's got it would that I mean, to be Kirby. But come home. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he's leaving his alma mater. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think he is. I don't think he's leaving Georgia. Realistically, if I think Dan Lanning's probably my number. I mean, and reports are out there that he is the number one choice for Alabama. Um, rumors are like that's like it's not even like our number one choice. It's like like he's it's. It's almost a done deal. So my next question for you, I think that's that's a good choice. You know, if you could if you could grab somebody realistic. Well, he's coached in the SEC. He's a great recruiter. The but machine here's my that Alabama you, is right now. I mean, come on. Why would Dan Lanning take that job? They can't pay him more. Oregon will pay him whatever he needs. So it's not about. It's not going to be about the money. It's not conference prestige because Oregon's going to the Big Ten. So right now, in fact, his school's going to be getting more money than Alabama will at TV deal wise. Um, that'll be short lived though, because the SEC will renegotiate sooner rather than later. But yeah, um, I mean, you've got everything that you want at Oregon, and you've got Nike at your back. What is and you're in and they love you there right now. You didn't even make the playoff. Right, you didn't. You didn't win your conference, and they love you, and they would die if you left. 
what incentive is there for a Dan Lanning to go to Alabama where the expectation is you immediately have to be a national championship contender every single year. You have to follow in the footsteps of the greatest football coach of all time. Well, my thing is like, I, you know, like you, you can win a national championship at Alabama. Sure. But I don't think you can at Oregon in, in, in the modern landscape of college football where we're going. Yeah. With NIL being all the ever important thing. Oregon's in maybe a better spot than anybody. Again, they got Nike. Yeah, but they're yeah, that's great. It's not that in Oregon's been there multiple times. It's not that they can't. They've had the opportunity. How many championships they won? All that matters is your ability to make it to a championship game. Then you can win one. Yes. They that was great when you're in the Pac twelve. Oregon is eleven and eight since the year two thousand against Big Ten teams, and is six and three since twenty ten. That's great when you're talking about their most recent game. Their most recent game against a Big Ten team, Matt, was twenty twenty one against the number three team in the country, Ohio State, in Columbus, and they won. There are two teams in the Big Ten. You're talking about there are two teams in the Big Ten. Who are you worried about? Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Purdue, Iowa. What What are the teams that you're worried about? You just said congratulations, yeah, all those to things. Wisconsin, who's considered like the third or fourth best program in Washington, conference. Michigan. They already play Washington, Ohio State, Michigan State. You, I mean, oh, you're gonna you, you seriously are gonna sit here and claim that Michigan State is a better program than Oregon? They're they're, they're coming the same with program. Washington. They're the they same program play every year. And they're going to have Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan State's the same program as Oregon. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? They have the same number of championships. They both had appearances in the playoff and did nothing with it. Uh, you're a crazy person right now. Oregon is an elite program, man. Winning a natty is hard. Just it, in the Pac-12. What, what yes. was it? Four years ago, Georgia hadn't won one either. And you would you have I been really, saying that about Georgia? Yeah. Four years oh, ago. <laughs> People said it for Oregon for about Georgia for 40 years. And then now look at them. Now look at them. And you're telling me you want to hire their coach in Alabama. Yes. Because I don't think Dan Lang's not a good coach. And how was Alabama before Saban got there? I don't know. Why don't we call up uh, Bear Bryant and find out? Oh, you okay? Okay. <laughs> you could go by, by that metric. Yale no, and Princeton are the like, ones we should really be talking here's about. Here's my the the real reason. All jokes aside, um, is that the the culture that has been established for the last 17 years in Tuscaloosa lends itself to being able to, if you have the right coach to go in there, you keep the recruiting going. Dan Lanning has proved that he can operate in this current landscape and be successful with the backing, not just financially that he already has understand what the, the Nike stuff, but they have, there's a level of commitment. Matthew Alabama that, Matthew, is when was the last time you thought Florida was good at football? 
Do you remember what Florida State looked like for a while after Bowden and Jimbo left? Yeah, no, I, I get the whole like. How about Tennessee after guy. Phil Fulmer? What no, about and I get Michigan after um oh what was his name Lou whatever? Those are all. This is a different era, right? So, what about we USC had, after Pete Carroll left? Well, I mean, I'm talking about in the NIL transfer portal era. In this era where you can pay players now legally. We haven't seen a coach of this stature leave and have to be replaced. I I think I think it is a job that many people will not want to take. And if I'm Dan Lanning, I'm saying absolutely not. I wouldn't want this job. It's the hardest job in college football now. You absolutely take this job. Just for the... I mean, just for the whole, like... So what if you fail? You're going to be a multi- If you fail on the... Every, that's all you're going to be remembered for is the guy that failed at Alabama. Well, um, you're you're always... He could come in and win a national championship. He's not going to win seven. Yeah, so but I mean, he, Matt, they're going to fire you after two years if you don't win the SEC. And you're going to make $50 million. It's a, it's a win. Dan Landing's going to make that much in Oregon. <laughs> Taylor six and six in the Big Ten. I mean, no, you're really worried about Oregon, not, and no, you're I'm, really worried about like, oh no, I'm not. Rutgers is going to take them out. Not Rutgers, man, but you got to watch out for the uh, 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 Terrapins over there. Watch out, Minnesota is going to get you. I'm looking at their schedule. Next year's schedule. The first the first year of Big Ten. So they got Hawaii, Idaho, Boise State. Should win all three of those games. Oregon State. Mm, it's a little bit of a it's probably well, it's, yeah, the the team that just lost the head coach that rebuilt. Yeah. Oregon State totally probably not gonna be yeah. much of a match for them. Yeah. All right. Then they got UCLA. Tough game, you know. Yeah, UCLA really known for their hey football prowess in recent years. They're they're on the come up. Don't don't sleep on the uh, the Bruins over there. Michigan State. So this is interesting to me just because of the your old rivals head coach, or I guess you're still I guess your rivals Oregon State's head coach moving to Michigan State. He's done quite quite well against Oregon in recent years. So I'm not saying next year, of course, because that team is, I don't know what kind of shape that roster's in, but I think they could be formidable. Ohio State, you know, they're going to be good. Purdue, Illinois, Michigan. Maryland, Wisconsin, Washington. You're telling me they couldn't drop... How many losses you got? Two. That's a ten and two year, I think, for that. And then they okay. Let's say there's two like for sure losses. They can do Oregon type stuff and drop one more, then they're nine and three, just like I said. You said six and six. That was a joke. <laughs> My first thing was like they're gonna be nine and three in the big ten. And I could be wrong. Maybe they're gonna 
roll through there like they did the Pac-12. You know, I don't think they're going to do bring that. this up when they run the table next year. Please. <laughs> I can't, but I don't think they are. Austin Novosad, Heisman Trophy. Here's the, the fact of the matter is, Daniel Lanning is going to be in Tuscaloosa. He's going to bring his offensive coordinator with, with him. Austin Novosad is going to be stuck with a coach who didn't recruit him at all. Or he transfers to Well, transfers. I don't think – I think you probably get some better quarterbacks at uh, Alabama than Austin Novoselic. I mean, I don't know. That, again, Matt, what reality do you live in that you think Alabama can just magically get quarterbacks? It's like the one position Saban didn't get on. Oh, so like Jaden Milrow is just a, a trash quarterback. He, he, Yeah, dude, he's not that good. <laughs> That's crazy talk. He was up for the Heisman he's Trophy. Fine. He got votes. He's not the. Okay, he, he got votes. He says. No, I'm just making. You I'm tell making, me you want. I make stuff like up. Jalen Milrow, you'd like be like, I want that dude. Over Austin Novoselic, who we have, we don't know how good he is at all. I would take the kid that is a passer from being a quarterback. <laughs> That's a wild stance, man. I don't think Miller is that good, man. I'm just shocked. You don't you, you? But you would rather have a quarterback you 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 know nothing about. Yeah, I'd rather take over the proven on a passer on a passer. Yeah, because every time SEC the, championship when, quarterback you who beat Georgia, that guy you don't want that guy. But he took his team to the playoffs. His team did. He didn't take anybody anywhere. He was the quarterback. That took him to the playoffs. I don't know what you want from Stop it, Matthew. Stop it. He didn't take anyone anywhere. Put that team on his back. He's Penix or Jaden Daniels or championship team. He was the quarterback on on one. He. Do you think Stetson Bennett took Georgia to the national championship? Yes. <laughs> you are just hating on Jade Milrow. I just I, can't. I just don't think he's that good. I mean, I'm not hating on the guy. I just don't think he's that good. And I think quarterback is a, the position with the exception of when he had two and Bryce Young. Um, like over his 17 years in Alabama. Like quarterback was always the one position where you were like, ah, I can't believe Saban didn't recruit better here. All right. Oh, okay. We've got off topic. If not Daniel Lanning, who do you think, or who would you, who would you pick? I mean, I know you said like Kirby's the pick. If you can, if in, if you could pick anyone. I oh, I mean, go I'd go Kirby. after Dan. I'd go after Landing hard for sure. I just don't think Landing takes the job. Who do you think are the like reasonable candidates? Like realistically, I don't. I honestly don't know. Like, I've seen a lot of names thrown around. I just don't like Alabama's going to want to go after. They're going to. They're going to have a coup. I think they're going to want to. 
go after you that's a big name. Well, that's, after, they're that, they're going to want a big name. Who's the only? And you're one. not going to find one of those that's you know like yeah. Are you going to? Is James Franklin good enough for them? You know, and and even if he is, can you pull him away from Penn State? Would think, Penn State let that happen? Well, I mean, the coup you know, is or Dan Lan- Dan Lanning's the coup, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. I but think like Ryan Day go. would be a coup. You know, like yeah. all the names that we've seen, like I've seen Sark thrown out a few. Like it's kind of like everybody's pipe dream that hates Texas. But like there's you're well, not I think that's reasonable Sark. because no, there's Texas would never let that happen. They would these are we're taught like the, the names that are being thrown around are at programs that can throw around so much money that it doesn't matter. Like whatever Bama throws at you, I'll pay you more. Like that, that's, that's like, that's what we're, we are in such uncharted waters where we're assuming that Alabama is going to want a diamond, but all the diamonds are already at a place that they're hard to get. So in my head, I'm wondering if it's something like Urban Meyer. I think, what about, what about this? And this one Definitely would take. And I know I'm going to be proven wrong. Like he's going to, they're going to get landing. I'm going to look yeah. stupid, but I don't care. Like Here's the, I just think, I think it's going to be so much harder than people think to to get somebody to come to Alabama. That that is of the caliber that we would expect to be the coach there. So what do you say to Lane Kiffin? I don't think they'll call him. And I I I agree with you. I don't think they'll call him. In in my mind, I'm thinking, but like he would be probably. Very successful. I mean, he's successful at Ole Miss with the limitations. But yeah, he's he's a he's a perfect coach for Ole Miss. Like he he's will be with Ole the Miss limitations. Successful. But I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking like, if you can still recruit the level of player that Nick Saban's been able to get at Alabama, and he's proven like he was an offense coordinator there, so you know what his offense can do with those players. Well, let's I mean, not it's, act like Saban was just a Saban was an amazing football coach. Like that's well, no. the problem here, Matt. Like you're filling the shoes of a guy that was a great football coach. Yeah, but I I think you can extrapolate what Kiffin has done offensively. Lost to Baylor and Texas Tech in bowl games. Okay, let me cherry pick two games <laughs> out and use that to build my whole point. I've said over the course of just his whole coaching, head coaching career. As- he's been unsuccessful. Like, here's the thing with Kiffin, and this is the re- reason I don't think they'll call him. He's been unsuccessful in the NFL. He was unsuccessful at Tennessee, which is a major big name program. And he's unsuccessful at USC, which is USC is one of the five or six schools that can be even breathed would, in the same breath of history those, of Alabama. I would push back and say those are pre him going to Saban School for Wayward Coaches. And then he's kind of learned how to be a head coach after he worked for Nick Saban. Was did better at FAU. He's done well. I mean, at, Kiffin would take the job in a heartbeat. He wouldn't. He no. would not be scared of that job. But no, yeah. I I just for sure. I don't. I don't think Alabama. I don't think they want Kiffin. No, I think they call Sark before they call Kiffin. Oh, they're they're one hundred percent calling Sark. That's gonna happen. Whether or not Sark picks up the phone, that's another story. Do you know what the funniest option though is, Matt? The funniest possible option is they get hypo. Oh, that's just Knoxville implodes. <laughs> that was literally like the most underwhelming hire I can think of. 
Well, it would be hilarious. I wouldn't even think Tennessee's coach. Oh, like the 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 Tennessee coach that actually beat Saban. If Alabama then went and hired him, they would. Yeah, I can't imagine the meltdown that would happen on that campus. So someone threw out to me. I was talking to a friend today, and he was like, "It's going to be Dabo," and I was like, "There's no way." No, it can't be. Dabo was the right answer three years ago, but. He Dabo's so anti NIL. I think I think Bama's too smart to make that move. Dabo just, would take the job. I just don't think Dabo's the right man for the job. Not just NIL. He he doesn't take transfers. Before the transfer portal, he didn't take transfers. That's just not what he does. His whole his whole thing is they develop. They have high school recruits and they develop them. And they they don't bring in transfers. Yeah, Dabo's a great coach. I just think the sport's I, starting to pass him by. I don't know that he's a great coach. He's a great, probably leader. When I or in my mind, when I think of great coach. I think it's same because he did coach the secondary. Like he's a defensive coordinator. He's a coach. He's a football coach. Dabble's a great like culture guy. Kind of like Matt Rule, right? You're like Cult- I, I don't culture know where guy. you stand. Just a minute ago, you told me the national championships were all the Matt. And now you're telling me that a guy that's won two of them isn't a good coach. I'm saying he's a great culture guy. I'm, you have to, what I'm doing is I'm differentiating between a great coach, like a, like a fucking football coach and a motivator, uh, you know, like a guy who can give great speeches and get you fired up, but he's not teaching you technique. He's not breaking down um, schemes. I mean, he's a wide receivers coach. Well, let's throw a fucking parade. He's well, a wide receivers coach. A wide receivers coach and a secondary coach. You know how many like how many guys in the NFL right now were guys that Dabo coached at wide receiver? There's tons of them. Just like just like Saban has tons of guys from the secondary in the NFL. Dabo's a great coach. But okay. I think I think the sport is left to bond. We're we're in agreement on the foundational point of like I don't think Davo would I just don't think long term Davo would be successful. I think he's on I think he's on the downturn of his career. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think Man, he, do you know how long he's actually been at Clemson? Uh fifteen years, maybe. Yeah, you nailed it. Is it okay? I I can't believe he's been there that long. Don't you remember, like, back in the early 2000s, or, like, the whole, like, Clemsoning thing? Like, that was him. Yeah, well, that was, well, that was a little before him. He was, like, late, late aughts when he came in. But, yeah. And they, I remember, that like, there's all the articles about them hiring him, saying it's, like, the worst decision they could have ever made. But, I mean, no. he's only coached at two schools in his entire career. He's only been involved in football at two schools in his career, and they're Alabama and Clemson. Yeah. Like he was a GA and then a wide receivers coach at Alabama from 1993 through 2000. And then he has a three year gap in his career. I don't know where he went. Holy crap. <laughs> From April 2001 through February 2003, Dabo Swinney did not did not coach and instead worked for AIG Baker Real Estate on developmental projects. 
in Alabama. And then somehow he reappeared as the wide receivers coach at Clemson in 2003. Who was the coach at Clemson then? Tommy Bowden, who okay. was his white, who was Dabo's wide receiver coach when he played wide receiver at Alabama. Okay. So his old coach called him and been like, Hey, I got a spot. Yeah. He got hired to be the wide receivers coach and the recruiting coordinator. And I don't want to, this is going to sound bad. I don't want to disparage wide receivers coach. But I think they may be more difficult positions to coach on the football team. You just, okay, fine. Fine. We'll, we'll acquiesce. Dabo is not a good coach because you don't want him to be. I said he's a great leader and culture builder. No doubt about it. If you buy into what he's selling, he's he'll make you believe it um but i digress we do agree that dabble's not going to be alabama's next head coach yeah i don't think so how about this wild card deon sanders i yeah that way i i feel like alabama is gonna look for somebody with more experience I don't know if Alabama is going to be willing to hire somebody that only has a, a a single season, like one year, as uh, an power FBS five. coach. Yeah, like not just Power Five, FBS. True, he went from FCS. It's not that I don't think Dion could be successful there. I think Dion I could think, be wildly yeah. successful in Alabama. I just don't I think, think I don't. I think if this was two years from now, and Dion had played in a Big 12 championship game, then yeah, I could see that happening. But I also I don't think Alabama needs the exposure that Dion brings. And I think that's like gonna be a big thing too. Like they're I don't think they're gonna need that. And I, I think I think Alabama fans and boosters are gonna be much more hungry for um perceived championship success that Dion does not yet have. Which is why Urban keeps sticking out in my head. He you he's the you don't have to fight anybody for him and he would probably come back to coaching for you. And he's got you know he's 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 the only other Saban really. He's won national championships at multiple schools. He Everywhere he goes he wins. He has a lot of baggage. Which I his guess latest Alabama... baggage though was was that he treated he treated NFL guys like he would treat college guys. Now here's the question that we don't everybody talks about Urban. I don't know how Urban feels about NIL and stuff because he's never had to deal with it. Yeah, so. I don't. I get the feeling he doesn't want to deal with it because I'm sure there's been openings he could have had. Well, from like the people the that I, like job. the Ohio State people I know, they've basically said for for a while now that like it it truly is his health and. Like his his wife is kind of tired of the the back and forth stuff with his health and, and being a football coach. And then for whatever reason, while he's a football coach, he keeps getting himself into trouble. So it's kind of like, yeah, there's there's a perception out there that his wife is like, you're not going to coach. I, I don't think he's um, I don't think he's going to coach again. 
So I just, I think if Alabama offered, he would. That's I don't think he would. I don't think there's a lot of jobs he would take. I think it, it's it's Alabama pretty much. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's on the on the list for Alabama. Okay, so who's it going to be? Like, if you had to put your money down, who are you picking? Well, I don't know. Do you want to you know you want to dive into uh, flat tracker nonsense? Sure. There is a, a chartered private jet from Eugene, Oregon to Tuscaloosa. Ooh. If, um, is in route. Shout out to our flat tracking friends over on the What's ODB the, Discord. Uh, do uh do we have like the planes like tags or anything? It. So what I'm showing is, let me see. So tag F three C three nine F. You said F. I'm sorry. C. Hold on. Back up. 43C 39F. I'm trying to read all this. It's this blurry. Great podcast content. I know. We're looking up flat tracking from uh for the Oregon coach potentially going to take the Alabama job on a Baylor podcast. This is this is great stuff. You said 43C39F. Yeah. It is a Boeing E3 Century AE1. Which is a yeah, pretty E3. big plane. So it says, yeah, the uh, aircraft trap is E3CF, I guess. Yes, it's a Boeing E3. Yeah. yeah. So. Do with that what you will. Let's see. A Boeing E3. What do they get used for? Yeah, Matt, that's a military plane. Golly, Alabama's just pulling out all the stops. It's manufactured by the Boeing Defense Space and Security Northrop Grumman with Northrop Grumman Electronic Systems. It is an early warning and air and control aircraft developed by Boeing. They are commonly known as AWACS. There you go. So I don't think Dan Lanning's on that. But we could dream. We could dream. Anyway, uh, you know what? We've been talking a long time. Tell me about Charlie Hustle. <laughs> Segway. Segway. Uh, you can buy Alabama gear on Charlie Hustle. Yeah. As always. This podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel and show off your school spirit all season long. And when you go over there, make sure you use promo code 101215, which is good for 15% off all non-sale items. That's ten one two one five. Um, for that 15% off, they have over 30 schools to choose from. So they've got you covered with all your college apparel needs. That's charliehustle.com. And as always, remember, 
Charlie Hustle, vintage, made fresh. Made fresh. All right, Joe. So I guess this is a Baylor podcast. We're back. Let's 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 rein it in. Kind of off the rails to start. Uh men's basketball. Went to the men's basketball game last night. BYU welcome was welcomed into the uh Foster Pavilion. Did you get to watch any of that game? Yeah, I watched the whole game. Did you okay. get to see their coach throw his drink? Yes, I was sitting right behind him. It was a crazy uh sequence because it was after like they called a foul on BYU. They fouled uh Jalen Bridges. And then he slams down his water bottle right in front of I think that was the BYU radio guys. It was, yes. And it just went all over them. And then yeah, on TV, you could tell up. they were kind of like, man, what the hell? He got teed up. He got teed up. And then, so then we Baylor shot like four, three throws. Kind of, they were already kind of had, had already taken the lead and were kind of keeping it, keeping ahead of BYU because it was, it was a really a back and forth game for most of it. And then they got four free throws back to back and, and really just never looked back after that. They, they really could never get back in the game. So it was a very frustrating game. I don't know. Were you were you frustrated watching as I was there? Um, there were points where I was, you know, I don't think I would call it a frustrating game. I think it was it was a tough game against the top twenty opponent. Um, that was feisty, dirty a little bit at times. I wouldn't be afraid to say. Um, and I think they they were well coached and understood Baylor's weaknesses, but there was. What made that game not frustrating to me was in, I would say, probably the last 10 minutes of the game was some of the best defense I've seen Baylor play all year. It was it was it was almost like something clicked and they were in passing lanes. They were on guys. They were guarding them. They were like they weren't letting the pick and roll beat them. They were they were preventing guys from getting places before we get hurt. I I think that's part of the problem with Baylor's defense this that that we've seen this year is there are times where they're they're playing good defense one-on-one but the guy still beats them and that's because they have allowed the the player they're defending to get into a position where they have an advantage so you know if you've got a guy that dominates you down low on the block you you do whatever you can to keep him from getting down there you don't want him to get the ball deep um if you've got guys that are doing you know like that really want to back cut you a whole lot like you do everything you can to be in their lanes and you're staying focused on them and you're not ball watching like baylor's done a bad job this year at times of a bad job. preventing teams from getting into the uh, the high leverage offensive situations. And in the last 10 minutes of that game, it was the best defense yeah. they played all year. Earlier in that same game, they were doing everything you, they were doing a bad job of all that. Yeah. And then like you were talking about the last 10 minutes, I don't know what happened, but I agree with you. Like it's something clicked and they just started playing really good defense. The best defensive performance probably they've played this season. I think a hundred percent. It really was like a flip with a switch was flipped. Yeah. I found myself sitting there watching the game and thinking, Oh, um, I hate BYU <laughs> as a team. I don't know what it is, but I was like, Oh yeah, I really hate these guys. Yeah. They were, annoying to play against i think and i right think what happened what what 
got me was earlier in the game, number 30. I could see him like he was in a timeout. He's complaining to the ref about something Baylor was doing that he was saying they were doing. Yeah, I think his name was Nell or I can't remember what and it was. That kid absolutely despise. Because he also did that thing. You know that thing wherever you're like driving and you kind of kick your head back like you've been hit? Yes. He does that a lot. Well, I mean, have super, you watched Ray J. Dennis play? Super aggravating. Have I, you watched have you seen Miro Little Miro Little play basketball? They it wasn't as pronounced, I guess, because I don't notice it when they play. Maybe I'm got green and gold glasses off. Um, I don't notice as bad as that kid. Um, but it didn't get called. I mean, he's he's trying to get a call. Um but in in person, I felt that the game was frustrating, not just because of BYU, which they did a great job of of being aggravating to Baylor and everything that you said they did. You know, they they were they are well coached. Um, it was equally aggravating as the uh, it was poorly officiated from my vantage point. Not that that's the reason it was close, but it was frustrating on both on both ends. Oh, I disagree. You you okay? Live, I, I I felt very frustrated with the officiating. Oh, I loved it. it, it I felt like we were Kansas in the fog. I I felt the opposite. Like first half, we weren't getting any calls. BYU got all what? the calls. What? Yeah. No, 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 no. They had they they. We were in the double bonus with eight minutes left in the first half. And in both abs, we were in the it, double bonus with a ton of time left. It it felt like it wasn't just well. Let me say this: it wasn't just fouls. I'm not talking about just fouls. I'm talking about the way the the game overall was officiated. I mean, I wish I wish that I thought they let some stuff go under the basket a little bit too much. But well, I, I felt they let they BYU were calling get away so with much stuff already that under I was the basket like, that they they didn't let Baylor get away with. And I'm fine with it. If you're going to let them. The difference play. is, is that Baylor was a lot of the time on TV. This was easy to tell. We were going into situations recklessly and out of control yeah. and referees are less likely to give you the whistle. BYU was much more under control when they were attacking the paint. And that, especially in the first half, Baylor got better at it in the second half. But um, yeah, I, I had no issues with the officiate. It, I legitimately, I was joking to a buddy of mine. I was like, I, I said, this must be what it feels like to play in the fog. Because there were some times where I was like, that's pretty ticky tack that we're getting there. All right. Yeah, I, I think my main concern or aggravation was, and this is even on BYU side, BYU would maybe be, you know, making a run on a break and they'd call something away from the ball. Um. It was maybe ticky tack that you didn't need to call in that in that situation. They do the same thing to Baylor at times, and it was just like it felt like well the there you're interjecting yourself into the game, and that that aggravates me whenever the referee or official is making a point to interject themselves into the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, making sense. That's fair, so, but. I don't know. I liked it. I thought I thought we got the benefit of the whistle. It felt like it felt like it feels like a true home field advantage in that place, which is great. See, it's think, funny you, you find see it loud. That. 
Uh, I did find it loud. Um, I did find it loud. Yes. Um, at times it was like, it was loud at the inappropriate times, but it was loud. I think it's kind of like some of our fan base uh, don't have a good grasp on when to be loud and when not to be loud. Well, I think I, I think in basketball you just go crazy, man. I don't know. I'm generally I don't like being super loud when we're shooting free throws. That's just me. <laughs> I like to you know be a little more like let them let the guys focus, but that's just me. Hold on, when did I miss something? What? Did you did you see what just happened? I'm talking about UCF. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that before we started. Kansas lost. Yeah. To UCF. They rushed the court. Hell yeah. Go go Knights. Good good for y'all rushing the court. Yeah, gotta rush the court. Yeah. What did what did what did Kansas oh, like? Man, epic. Go them. Well, like Houston lost last night. Yeah, I predicted that. And then Kansas lost tonight. So yeah, it's been a a wild game of upsets. Speaking of, I guess we can talk about women's basketball. Oh yeah, they got they got they got blown out. They got blown Kansas out tonight. on the road at Kansas. And uh really that game wasn't particularly close after the first quarter. Or maybe it was the first the first half, I'm sorry. Um Yeah, basically winning was, at halftime, it was, weren't they? It was tied. Okay. They went on like an 8-0 run. Kansas went on an 8-0 run to end the the half. And then they like never looked back. They kept on rolling once they got out. And third quarter was just not great. And then it just continued. So, yeah. They like you we looked at the stats before this like Yeah, they were saying, 5 of 25 yeah. from 3. So, so 20% from 3 and then overall I think you what they were like 30 35 percent overall something like that shooting oh yeah they were i think it was 35.6 kansas shot over like 50 50 percent yeah so yeah hard to win like that especially and can i think kansas also had over 50 points in the paint something like that yeah. it was yeah they, they dominated what's kind of like the style of offense really both teams play if your shots aren't falling outside uh it's gonna be a, a long day yeah, well, that's what we saw with the men uh, at Oklahoma State, and really earlier. the the really the beginning of BYU too. Yeah, I mean they weren't shooting great. They shot, I think they shot thirty six percent the first half uh, from the field, so it wasn't wow. it wasn't good. Hold, I, I I'm distracted because I have this page up right now. Kansas shot fifty one percent, and UCF shot forty two percent, and they lost. Kansas out-rebounded them. They only they had they had Kansas had 18 turnovers. That's how they lose. They had 18 turnovers. Oh, 18 turnovers. That's why. But UCF turned it over 13 times. Wow, man. Kansas was up by 15 with three minutes left in the first quarter. They had a 91.6% chance to win. 92.9% chance at another point. 
But yeah, they were up they were up 35 to 19 at one point. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at the team stats. How did they lose this game? Where's just this is this is off season <laughs> basketball season podcasting right here. Yeah. Where Matt and I are just getting 80. Which you know, we're getting real time stats. Oh, here's a here's a big one. Kansas got fogged. They shot they were six of eleven from the line and the and UCF was fourteen of eighteen. Yeah. So there you go. An eight point and yeah. That's a well it's that's not just like right there. they uh they didn't shoot. I mean, they went to the line eleven times. Yeah, Kansas they, missed they, free throws. They missed like half almost, you know, almost half the free throws. And then This is this is so weird. Like how, I mean, Kansas had more points in the paint. Kansas had more fast break points. Had more rebounds. Had more assists. Like they, Kansas had twenty assists. Yeah, to twelve. And, and UCF only had twelve. They had six steals. Well, they UCF had eight. Um, UCF had seven blocks. Seven blocks. Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah, I mean they. It was. <laughs> One was well, they, of eighteen from three. The other was seven of twenty from three. Like, well, I, I guess man, this is a weird game. I guess it's like they didn't shoot well from three, but I mean, neither did UCF. So, and then their points in the paint, they had thirty-two points in the paint to UCF's twenty-six. I don't know how they lost this game, except for the free throw disparity. That's the only thing. Yeah, they must have just. I mean, yeah, because UCF made fourteen of eighteen. To the six it was, it's, it's Kansas's worst offensive night of the year. The previous low was 69. They've scored 69 twice. Oh, no, sorry. They they scored 59 against Marquette in their first loss. So this was their second lowest of the year. Wow. There you go. Well, welcome to the Big 12. Yeah. But... If TCU beats Oklahoma, which they won't, but if they did, no. there's there's only three schools that are two and zero in the Big Twelve right now: Baylor, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. Oklahoma's one and zero, but they they play TCU, who is zero and one. So this will be yeah, this is going to be interesting. How long Baylor can keep this well, run I mean, up? TCU's up. With are they three, right now? With three minutes left against Oklahoma, they're up seventy five to sixty one. With oh two, well, there we go. So yeah, there's two two fifty five left in the game. I figured they played tomorrow. Oh wow! <laughs> All right. Well then. Yeah. So there we go. The Baylor's got Cincinnati, and mm. then two big road games coming up. We've got Cincinnati, and then at Kansas State, at Texas. So. Here's my thinking about this. Uh, I don't think Texas is good. On the road, though, it's going to be a tough game. Texas Tech went on the road and beat them, didn't they? In there? Yep. I mean, but we just went I on think the road it's full as good. I, th- I think. Struggled I just, against Oklahoma State. Like, who? They, they barely beat Cincinnati. Texas. Who like, beat BYU? Yes. It's just going to be a wild year in the Big 12. I think on both men and women. I agree with you. It's just going to be one of those years, like like on paper, going into tonight's game, like I had no doubt that 
the Bears were going to take care of Kansas because they're seven and seven. They weren't very good. And then they blow out the undefeated number four team in the nation. And it's just like like we talked about earlier. It's one of those things like if you don't, if your shots aren't falling, then if that's the, the big part of your offense, it's hard to like, it's hard to manufacture. Yeah, it's points. hard to compensate for that. Yeah. That's the one advantage the men have is is in we've see, we saw that in Oklahoma in the Oklahoma State game was the shots weren't falling they figured out how to make it to the rim, yeah. Um, so which they eventually did that against BYU too. Like the shots were a little bit falling a little bit better than, but I wouldn't say like they were shoot, shooting like they had been all year last night, and but they then they started you know going to the rim more because you're gonna do two things you're either gonna draw some contact and get to the line or it's a, it's a high percentage shot. You know what I mean? So, um, and when they started doing that, they started to be, you know, that's when they were more successful, got, got the lead defense started playing better, kind of all came together those last 10 minutes. And then you look at that, you look at that, um, that performance and you think like, Oh, this is a great great performance. It's a great performance. Yeah. It was great for sure. Yeah, it was. I was, and to your point about the the stadium or the pavilion, uh, it was like it at points in there, like it was like electric in that arena. Yeah, like it got when it got loud when it needed to get loud. I think um, Jalen drained a three, and just the place erupted. Because it was right when you needed, like, we needed someone to step up and make a big shot. And he made a big shot, and the place went absolutely wild. And it was super loud. And this, I don't know. I know people complain about the camera angle, so I don't know how it, if you can really see how it looks on TV. But it, um, the place is absolutely packed. And it's the same amount of people that were at the Ferrell Center that left it empty. So... Good, good decisions. There's, there's definitely more people than we're at the Farrell Center. You think so? I think it just looks yeah. that way because there's less seats. No, the Farrell Center. So right, this is the Farrell Center sat a little under ten thousand, and this place seats seventy five hundred. So it's it's seventy five percent the size of the Farrell Center. So when that place is full, that means that the Farrell Center would have been seventy five percent full. Farrell Center, I'd say most of the time is about half full. On well, a good day, I think it's like I don't know because I think just be, everyone was so I, spread out. There are definitely more people at these games. I I a hundred percent think the attendance is is higher, very much so. And I think that's like part of that's having a new arena, right? There's more people that are coming. There's there's big desire, and plus the game that you went to, I mean, yeah, it was but, a top twenty matchup. I mean, that was a bit, yeah, that game, yeah, it was a so yeah. Is a big matchup. I understand that part, but now, I think. But the I game you the, went to, I think the Foster is going to be packed pretty much all year because it's it's the new arena. People want to go. Well, see it's hard it. to see. Part part of me doesn't understand that because the product is the same. I mean, you're still yeah, but it's, it's cool like, to go to an arena. Like, why wouldn't you go? To go see the new thing. Why not? I said. I mean, I did everything I could to be there for the. I wanted to be there for the first game in that thing, man. Yeah, and I know, like, that I was excited. It's hard to really 
I see if it'll if it's going to continue. I mean, I think it will. Um, but but like you went to the very first one, so of course there's a lot of people going to that. I went to a, you know a, a top twenty matchup, so that's going to draw a lot of people too. So, but I think, yeah, I think it'll stay pretty. I hope so. I hope so. I hope it doesn't uh, get like the former residents. Yeah, I don't think. I think this has injected a new uh, a new energy. So, do you know what else I think is consistent? Also, the, the I think uh, before we move on, um, maybe the maybe the camera angle is like Mac is playing like three D chess, and he's like, it's gonna be so bad. I'm going to make you come to the game to watch it. I don't think the camera angle is that bad. I don't. I mean, I don't. it's. I've seen enough people complain so, about it. I mean, we talked about this last time. Like, I don't, I don't think yeah, the camera angle is bad. Now I've seen like the like national CBS guys complaining about it. And I was like, okay. That's a little bit different than like Matt Norlander's saying it's a bad, hard to watch. Then when it's just like you're, you know, Bears fan 24-7 or whatever on a message board. Yeah, I don't care. But it's 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 not <laughs> done. Like, I mean, my whole thing about this is like we we moved into the arena knowing that it's not complete. And I don't think that's the camera angle you're gonna get in perpetuity. Yeah, it is. Did you not just that's the camera well up there? Well, I'm sorry, but yeah, but that can be so changed. That's like where the I'm saying this season, yes. Where? It's the seats. Well, they're gonna have to move seats. They're not going Matt, that's where the cameras go. I mean <laughs> that's how it was designed. They're not gonna they're not gonna renovate it. Oh, I've I mean, it's gonna get moved. I I would almost guarantee it. I don't I don't think it will. I think that's the camera. I think it's gonna that's moved. like that's it's built in. I sat next to it. It's that's it's, the camera well. I will say this. I don't mind it. It's a bad angle. It makes for not it's, yeah, it's ideal, not the ideal angle. Not I, ideal. I mean, honestly, TV I don't watching. think it's that terrible. I I can see the game. What else do I want to see? Yeah. Uh yeah, it's fine. I'm just saying it's not the best. I mean, it's fine. It doesn't bother me when I'm watching it on TV. Um, but I could see where someone would be upset about it. Especially if you don't live. See, that's what I, I don't get that word. I don't understand why you're, why anybody's upset about it. Well, because you, like, I would you, understand if there was a pillar in the middle you live of the in, you live in Hawaii, you see part of the floor. And but, you like, watch Baylor games exclusively on TV. And you don't like the angle. I mean, I can see like this is the only way you get to watch your your team. Well, I mean, it's going to be the way I watch ninety percent of games. It's not. Who cares? You get to see the game. <laughs> what are we complaining about here? It's a this. It's a bad angle. It's not ideal. I think that's fair. But how does it impact your ability to watch the game? I could. You have to understand. Not everyone's going to be as reasonable as you, and they're used to watching the game a certain way. 
and they're not good with change. So. Yeah. I do think it could have been designed. They like, they uh, like to see, they like to see the crowd shots when you're watching the game and you don't get a lot of that. Now, again, this is from other people's um, criticisms that, you know, the whole like watching what they normally are used to watching it and the shots they're used to seeing from other basketball games or the at the Farrell Center when they would see watch games on TV is just not the best. Well, and, and can, not everyone's like can... me and you. Like if if I see someone coming to the game, like I know who's coming to the game. I don't have to read the back of their jersey. I know who that is. Yeah, I mean, I look down and like, I can yeah, just not, tell who the player is. Not everyone is, is is dialed into, like, Baylor sports as me and you are. So, like, then they're, they're like, probably not watching the games. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's there's plenty of, like, casual Baylor fans who are, like, Baylor alum who, like, turn on the Baylor games and, you know. But anyway, or they're old. Who Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. The t- I've watched two games now on TV. I've watched one women's game, one men's game on TV. I watched, in I've the, watched in the, in the multiple. Foster. I've watched multiple games on TV. Yeah, I mean, there's only been two for me to watch. The thing, which is this, one, the and the first women's game. Was yeah, I, I watched, was at the Cornell. Game. So yeah, I watched the Cornell game. So you watched, watched the Cornell game on TV, and you watched the the women's uh, TCU game. The women's TCU game, yeah. Yeah, I thought the women's tcu game they figured out the zoom level perfectly i thought that one looked the best so far because i also went back and watched some of the highlights from the cornell game i think i think in the cornell game the camera operator really struggled with like what zoom level he needed to have because it was a different than normal well, basketball how was the angle. zoom how's the um, zoom compared to the byu game from cornell so i thought the byu game looked worse than the tcu game but it was it was again, it was like I had been watching a little bit of the Iowa State game before and because uh, they were playing Houston, they beat Houston. And so um, I was watching a little bit of that game, which is a standard angle that they have in Hilton. And it came to our game. I switched over to our game. It was jarring when I, I had to be like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, yeah we got this high angle. Um, and I was, you know, and it literally was like a moment of like, Ugh, this is different. And then uh, the game started and I was like, OK, I'm watching basketball. Like I didn't think about it again. Like I thought about it for 30 seconds and then I was watching a basketball game. So, yeah. And that's, we, again, like you said, we talked about this last time and that when I first saw it, I watched the Cornell game. It was just like, that's a interesting angle. But then you get into like, I'm watching, I'm watching a basketball game. Yeah. And I I forget about the angle and I'm just paying attention to what's going on in the basketball game. Right. Yeah. But I just, the people, they, they're just like nonstop with it online, the complaints. And it's some like, I just made this whole like defense of their complaints. I just don't get the like incessant complaining about it. Like that's not going to change it. It's, it's not changing. It's, at the very least, the this whole season, that's how it's going to be. Or this is just how it's going to be. So just get used to it. But I mean, you going on Twitter or Facebook or wherever and talking about it, just nonstop talking about it every time the game's on TV. What are you doing? 
You're not, I just don't understand it. But that's me. All right, Joe, what's next? Um, We have a message, Matt. A little message from our friends at Prize Picks. Oh, oh, one of our awesome 1012 sponsors. Uh, Prize Picks is the best legal for you to play daily fantasy on player props in states like California, Florida, Georgia, and of course, the great state of Texas, plus many more. Uh, Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is select two to five players and an over-under on a projected stat line, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's fast and easy, and entries can be made in up to 60 seconds or less. They offer tons of different sports. we got the NFL playoffs coming on. College football is over, unfortunately, and we have to deal with Michigan National Championship, so you can't make any picks on college football at the moment. But... Uh, NCAA uh, basketball in full swing with conference play. Um, Like I said, the NFL playoffs are going on. We got tons of different soccer leagues going on. So go check them out. They've got all kinds of different stuff that you can choose from on there. If you use promo code bear 12, you can get an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100. That's right. Promo code bear 12 B E A R one, two, and you can instantly get a full $100 match on your first deposit. Price picks is available online and in the app store or on Google play. So go check them out. Yeah. I mean, we don't normally talk a lot of, uh, NFL here, but your Houston Texans divisional champs in the playoffs. How you feeling, Joe, man? Uh, worst to first, um, I didn't they have like the, well, they had the number two pick. Yes, we Last threw year? a we threw what is essentially a hail mary on fourth and twenty last year, in the last game of the season uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. Indian in Indianapolis, Davis Mills threw a fourth and twenty pass, I think from the forty yard line around there, maybe the forty one, and it was caught by Jordan Akins in the end zone uh, at the end of the game with about thirty seconds remaining. Lovey Smith, our coach at the time, decided to go for two and the win. We converted the two-point conversion, beating the Indianapolis Colts and giving the Chicago Bears the first overall pick last year, So, which devastated most Texans fans. We were all pretty pissed off about it at the time. Um, Lovey Smith got fired. We hired D'Amico Ryans. He brought over Bobby Slowick from the San Francisco 49ers to be our offensive coordinator. And as the story goes, Chicago ends up trading that pick to who? Carolina, who takes Bryce Young with the number one overall pick, leaving us with C.J. Stroud and traded up and got Will Anderson as well. And it turns out that Bryce Young is a bust, probably, and C.J. Stroud is the truth. And my Houston Texans went from the worst team in the AFC South and the second worst team in the NFL last year to being 10-7 and division champs and hosting a playoff game this weekend. Yeah. So yeah, that's I'm excited. A, I'm excited that's the to breakdown. watch. I'm excited to watch the Texans. I'm excited to watch the Cowboys, as I am a Cowboys fan. Um, although I have how I, hilarious is it going to be when Green Bay beats you again? Oh, it's not going to be hilarious. I expect it. Yeah, like Mike McCarthy losing to the. Like, I, I I so one of my best friends in the world, as I mentioned, I think before, is he's a is a big Cowboys fan. 
diehard Cowboys fan. Um, he used to be a big time Rangers fan. He's lived in Houston for a while. He's married to somebody that's from Houston. His son is going to be a Houston fan. So like he's kind of given in on the Rangers thing and is like acquiesced to the Astros, but he'll never, ever give up the Cowboys. Um, and I said, wouldn't it be hilarious if CD has like a Des catch thing happen in this game? And he he gave me a very big death stare. No, it would not be hilarious. It'd be the opposite of hilarious. Would you rather lose to the Packers in this round or lose to the 49ers again? Personally, I'd rather lose to 49ers again. In the NFC Championship game? Yeah. Ooh, really? I'd rather make it to the championship game. Yeah. I cannot. I would not trade an NFC Championship game loss to a wild card loss. Could not do it. But it's the Packers. I know it's the Packers. Um, I think on paper, Dallas is a better football team. Oh, not even not. That's oh, I think it's no no question. Dallas is the better football team. So like, while I understand that they are last ten meetings, they are nine and one against the Cowboys, and that's why my expectations are low. Like I was talking to someone today, they're like, "What's the score of the game?" With my buddy, who's a, another Cowboys fan, and I was like. 31 24 Packers. Like that's that's my I'm super like I don't expect to win. And I'm I on like, the other hand hate the Cowboys and nothing I, nice is going to happen for me. So I I think you guys will win. And like I I wanted to be excited. I'm not level of like Peter Pope of like just like pessimism that he has about the Cowboys. No matter how good they do, he's like they're going to screw it up. I'm I'm almost to that level, but I'm just like I just have low expectations. I'm not pessimistic. I'm just I've been hurt too many times. See, as a Texans fan, I, I'm fine. I'm playing with house money. Do I, I want to win? Oh, like, I no I, doubt. I would I would love the win. If we lose, I don't. You do care. not expect to be in the playoffs when this season yeah, exactly. started. Exactly. Not I'm not supposed to be here. So this is all just this is all just great for me, man. I, I thought I thought this rebuild was going to take a lot longer. So yeah, so I voted. Uh, did you get the like the I got some NFL like it's part of like the Football Riders Association thing. Oh uh, yeah, I got the email tonight. I have not voted yet. So I voted for I guess it's Coach and Player of the Year for the NFL for some award that the Football Riders give out, and I voted. Uh, I think. I voted D'Amico Ryan's in my top three. I don't know if I put him one or two. Yeah, it's the Burt Bell Award and yeah. the 2023 Earl Greasy Neal Award given so, by the Maxwell Football Club. In no order, I think my my three coaches were um, Dan Campbell, D'Amico Ryan's, and I think Josh McDaniel. I think those who have my three votes. In no particular order, but those are my three guys. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think you could argue with Dan Campbell. Like, like I think the Lions are hosting a playoff game for the first time in like 30 years. Yeah, but they were supposed to be good. 
I'm going to vote right now. I'm voting D'Amico Ryan's one. I'm going to vote Dan Campbell two. Fair. That's fair. And Kevin Stefanski three. You know what the greatest there is there is a scenario, Matt, this year that if you went back and told that's a good 18 year old me that this was gonna happen, I would be the dumbest person in the world. But we legitimately could see a Detroit Lions versus Cleveland Browns ball. If my team can't make it. That's what I want to happen. Same. Yeah. I want the Detroit I want, if it, Cleveland if it's not The Texans, then I hope I hope it's Detroit Cleveland. Yeah. That would just it, it would be so good. So good, Matt. Man. <laughs> Who is your Super Bowl pick? Give me your Super Bowl pick. I'm gonna write it down. I don't like this. Matt, give me your teams. Do you, do you want to do Super Bowl pick or your winner? Because it's yeah, hard to do Super Bowl pick. You, no, we're not gonna pick every game. All right, let's just start. But this is pick, pick playoffs. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go with. I don't, wanna, I don't have them written down. I haven't prepped for this. I can write Matt's SB on a piece of paper. Give me, give me your who are your teams and who's your winner. Kansas City. All right. That's bold. KC I just think the KC versus... thing is, I just think they're like super experienced in the playoffs. And it's like, they haven't shown that they've done it this season, but I'm, I'm still thinking they can like turn that switch on and be like, oh, we're, we're in the playoffs now. So I'm going to go with Kansas City. And I hate to do this. I'm really, I'm physically ill right now doing this. Dallas Cowboys. Casey versus Dallas, and who's your winner? I don't, I don't have one. So you're picking Dallas. I don't have one. Yeah, you're picking Dallas. <laughs> yeah, just pick one. No, I can't. I can't do that on like for the record. Okay, so I'm putting KC down. <laughs> you know, I'm changing my picks. Um, I think it's <laughs> going to be Detroit. Okay. And the Miami Dolphins. Detroit versus the Dolphins. And like I completely just... changed my thoughts. Okay, just because I this... couldn't. Do what I want to do. So, uh, Detroit wins Super Bowl. You were picking the Detroit. You refused to pick the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl, but you're taking Detroit as your yeah. winner. All right. It's bold. I love it. <laughs> That's what I got. What about you? You go. Mine's pretty lame, but it's what I think is going to happen. I've got San Francisco and Baltimore. Man, that is lame. That's like super, like, yep. Chalky. Two one seeds. <laughs> But I think I th- I think they are so clearly the best two teams in football this year, um, and I know anything can happen in the NFL. But have n- with a new playoff structure, having only that one team getting that week of rest, I think that's going to be so nice. Um, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm taking San Francisco versus Baltimore, and I think uh, I think 
I think Shanahan gets it done and we have to we're gonna have to listen to Iowa State fans with Super Bowl champion Brock Purdy, Ugh. but I think San Francisco wins it. I can't think of anything like worse than that. You know what? I think the you so Cowboys played the the Lions like a few weeks ago. Um that's a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. That's a team I don't want to see in the playoffs. It took a botched call for them to like win that game. Yeah, but they lost to Sam Porter. So Oh, they did? Yeah. They still there I they have the personality of their coach and they they don't give up and they're they're a tough team. So I think it's a tough out, regardless. Oh, it's um, sure it's a tough out. Yeah. So like I think they're a really good, really well coached team. So if I was anyone, I would want to see them in the playoffs. But I think that game's I, interesting. Yeah, that game's interesting. Just think, this I week. think San Francisco's too good. Too good. Yeah, they are. But I am excited. I am excited to, that my Texans are back in the playoffs. I fully expect us to lose the Browns. Uh, I would not pick us to win. They dominated I, us last time. No, we didn't I, have Stroud. Yeah, they, you can't take it because you didn't have your best player. Well, we we didn't have Stroud. We didn't have Will Anderson. We didn't have yeah. Blake Cashman, who's our best linebacker. Um, did we have? I don't think we had Stingley in that game. Um, we didn't have Jimmy Ward, Jalen Petrie, and another of our backup safeties played like a combined twenty-two snaps. So like. We were missing a lot of guys in that game, but it's Cleveland's on fire and playoff Flacco is coming. So, uh, I think the Texans. Oh, yeah, get it. I think Texans will get it done. I think CZ Stroud is like, like he's he's it right there. He's Dif- a dude. Defense maker. Did you did you watch the Colts game? Yeah, <laughs> just the. I mean, 75 yard bomb, 60. He threw that thing 60 yards in the air. It's, but it's all around. It's like you can tell, like, the, his teammates, you know, they, they believe in him. Coaches believe in him. Coaches believe in him. It has changed. Oh, Demico. And so, yeah, completely changed that culture of that team in an offseason. It's remarkable. It really is. It's it's very rare in the NFL. Yeah. And you see that like you see with the firings going on around NFL like it's it's hard. I mean, look like you we mentioned Frank Reich. Like he this is his first year and he got fired because it was so hard to turn around that franchise. But some guys, you know, they just got it. And D'Amico seems to like he definitely's got it. So, yeah. He he, I I like him. I think he's going to be our coach. For I mean, long. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. You have to talk about like Nick Casario too. He's done a great job. Um, so you know, my favorite stat about Casario is, um, he's this is his third season as the GM. I think. Yeah. And um, we currently have seven guys on the team that were on the team when he took over as the GM. Yeah, completely turned over that roster. Completely turned it over. Made that bold move and got those two picks. You you outlined like to get like Will Anderson. He probably got the top two players in last year's draft. Yeah. It was just it and, was just and found Tank Dell, who unfortunately yeah. had a freak injury where like it was one he, of the best receivers in that 
in the NFL. NFL for a little while. Like, yeah. So, and Nico yeah. Collins has come out of nowhere. Yeah, the, and and the the two signings that we got from Dallas and Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz, the like nobody expected them to contribute to the, at the well Dalton Schultz probably, but Noah good. Brown nobody expected him to do what he's done no. this year. Um, we are and where we now kind of have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. Um, there's going to be some further rebuilding on the defense, but man, you know you've got Jalen Petrie, you've got Derek Stingley, who Stingley is so good. Uh, he is. Oh, yeah. he's, he's good. I remember watching LSU. Underrated. He was. He was always good. I mean, this is the first he's really been healthy. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. He had like he, he had like five picks in four games at one point yeah. this year. He was like that, like, like he was hurt throughout throughout college, so he couldn't really get his full potential in at LSU. But you saw, like, oh, like he's. He's like a difference maker. So yeah, they've done a great job of with that. And so I am looking forward to watching that game. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to be watching this weekend, Matt. So th- to answer your question, what am I watching? Football. Yeah, I'm watching football. I think I may try to watch the Echo Show on Disney+. Plus. Mm. I need to finish Reacher. Uh, I started that. I need to start season two. I've watched season one. Yeah, yeah, I've started season two as well. Okay, I need to start it. I haven't started it yet. Um, but yeah, that and I plan on watching um, football like you and playoff football this weekend. Excellent, Matt. Well, we've been going. We've been going for a minute tonight. Oh yeah, it has been like a while. The Saban episode. The Saban Hell Saban. Social Podcast Network.